0: Well, good afternoon to you. This is Alan Seymour here, your host on the All In Sports Talk platform, uh, a future of sport. I'm delighted today, I'm continuing the themes that I've run over the last few episodes and shows, uh, following on from our uh, superb event uh, in November, the Global Sport Business Festival and Conference. And I'm continuing this global sport business theme, and I'm delighted today to welcome on the show, Baz Schnatter, and we're going to talk with Baz about some of the aspects that Baz has uh, really been working on in connection with sport business and everything to do with uh, fan engagement. So perhaps, Baz, you can tell us a little bit about your profile to begin today's show with. Yeah, of course. Thanks, uh, Alan, for having me. And, um, yeah, definitely I can uh, expand a bit on how I started my career. Uh, Back in 2007 already... Uh, of course
1: as every uh, high school student uh, comes to the point where he has to choose his study uh, I always had a fascination with sports and uh, the interactions between clubs and fans Um, so yeah naturally it came to me that I wanted to study a bachelor's of sports marketing also that you because I wanted to learn more about the business uh, side of of life Uh, but then Still having the dynamics of sports involved, so uh, I like I like business approaches a lot. I like the commercial aspects of, of capitalism per se, but I don't like the the, the side of, of uh, say insurance companies etc. It's, it's uh, there are plenty of people good at that, mm-hmm. just not me. And I really prefer the sports industry in that. Uh, so I've run through my uh, uh, bachelor's. Uh, with a couple of internships as well uh, in sports media at uh, uh, Fox Sports and Eurosport. And I learned a lot uh, there, uh, especially the dynamics of the media business. fascinating. And I'm pretty sure that also spiked my uh, interest for my uh, masters eventually. Um, but, yeah, in between that, there's a big gap, and that's actually where my uh, business paradigm has taken shape. Uh, because after my bachelor's I moved to Australia To gain uh, work experience In a completely different environment Than, uh, than that I was used to uh, It was always very much focused On hospitality And business to business approach mm-hmm. And as long as the sponsors are happy And uh, as I was Believe it or not an IX fan myself I had a season card and I was very frustrated About the way that the club Approached me uh, as a fan Yeah uh, Maybe it also was because I was sitting in the in the hooligan section, so of course that didn't help either. But um, it was very much always very dense relationship of uh, uh, based on safety regulations, and as long as everything goes well, right? Okay. So. Um, after a couple of years uh, Having that I cancelled my uh, season card Because I moved to Australia as, as, as I mentioned And there I got a lot of uh, work experience At great tournaments uh, Australian Open champs Trophy But also I worked at a conference there Which uh, was about Achieving bigger crowds And the whole paradigm there Was about how to optimize the fan experience, how to optimize the relationship with your sports fans. Yep. And that is where the moment, it was in 2012, that is where it flipped uh,
2: okay. for me. And that, that was the moment where I all of a sudden realized that there is in fact a
0: paradigm focused on fans yep. rather than the commercial relationships. I mean, Um, yeah, Baz, sorry to interject that. I'm just going to, if I may, just pick up on a couple of the things that I've spoken about, and then perhaps you can return, uh, as I'll invite you to, to perhaps talk about from 2012 to to current times. I'm really pleased and very, very... um, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm very energized by listening to you and what you talk about because it's kind of everything epitomizes what I'm expecting from today's conversation as we go, and particularly that you are almost a, a, uh, a living testimonial of the career aspirant in a global marketplace, and the fact that you can give up your season ticket at Ajax or Ajax or whatever pronunciation I'm going to put on it today uh, and move to Australia. Australia and then sandwich in between doing a bachelor's degree uh, and and where you are currently or where you'd like to be in the coming months and years in terms of uh, your uh, sport business education. So tell us maybe, if you can, some of those... Events or some of those experiences that you uh, that you witness, maybe from a hospitality or maybe from a fan engagement perspective, in Australia, are some of those readily um, available or spring to your mind this morning, Baz? Uh,
1: Yeah, definitely. There are a couple of uh, events. Um, For example, I I volunteered a lot, uh, sharing a lot of. global events just because I uh, yeah, as, as every student wants to gain experience so did I and yep. even after I already um, was graduated still I, I like the dynamics of events so for example uh, back in 2014 there was the World Cup field hockey in uh, The Hague in, in the Netherlands yep. and uh, as I already had contacts with the, in, the, in the Australian hockey uh, I got
0: appointed as the team liaison, the local team liaison for the Australian men's hockey team. Wow. And uh, being uh, hockey being a relatively small sport in the Australian sports market, yep. but being massive in Holland,
1: uh, it, was a, it was very interesting. And I, I already thought that the Australian team would have great chances on winning the title. In the end, we actually uh, went, uh, we played Holland in the final, me being the only Dutch person on the opposite side, and we crushed the Dutch team, uh, which of course, as a Dutch person, uh, hurt to see, but on the other side, it was such an amazing experience to, to... be sucked into the into the emotions for two weeks the team i've seen everything happen there from injuries hospital visits of the captain to eventually uh the team excelling in the final yeah. and uh and the party afterwards also amazing so that's one of the experiences that i've i've, I've uh
2: i've gained over the years but i could i think I don't think this podcast episode is small enough to... to uh, <laughs> yeah. It's big enough, I mean, to... To, to
1: keep talking about this, I, I, I could
0: fill a two hour episode. Oh, well, we both could, uh, we both could on that count, Baz, but I'm not going to uh, stop you. And I want really, uh, and it's my show, so I can dictate almost uh, as I choose, sure. given the nature uh, of the context of the interview. And it's a great, great opportunity, I think, for both of us this morning to delight in all of the things that are important. And I'm particularly pleased to hear your. Uh, resonance and your excitement and your energy uh, for the things that we can get involved in, I mean the importance of these engagements—you volunteering, you adding to your experience, which will become expertise—and very much a focal point for developing your career and influencing others. So that's heartening to hear, and and, and I think it's very important for us, uh, as as the people in the conversation today, bats, to to make this point very strongly to to the audience, listeners, and and everyone who's interested. Uh, who, who will be uh, listening to the show later on this week? Let me kind oh, of sure. yeah. Let me kind of move it on a, a little bit if I can. The importance of doing direct projects or involving yourself in maybe some more real, uh, real live or planning campaigns or or doing things directly in your current situations. Baz, is there anything there that? perhaps you can, um, you know, highlight and showcase and uh, tell us a little bit about this morning, Vaz.
1: In the context of personal branding site, or is this already in the context of uh, my current employer, uh, I
0: Well, I, I think let, let, let's start it in a personal uh, context for, for you as the, the brand Baz, if you like, but then move it on, and, and, and we can kind of pause or, or, or interact before you maybe talk about a few of the things uh, towards the end of the interview on, on what you're currently doing, project with your current employers, etc. So start off with, if, we, if, if you like, from a personal perspective, some of the projects that you've worked on or are currently working on
1: okay well um, I could definitely do that uh, there's there oh, over the years I always there there have been some some uh, opportunities that arise that I always try to grasp i mean yeah. uh, I think that it's it's very important to as you said to gain uh, or to to upgrade uh, experience to expertise and yeah. that is exactly what I uh, what is my main say focus point uh, for this I always try to push as much put as much value back in the industry as I get out of it and that comes in various ways that comes in just creating content like a blog posts that are I write yeah, uh, or uh, uh, experience that I'm having and that I'm, I'm sharing. Uh, for example, I went to uh, Magurfrid's Italian. So when we were there, we went to an Inter Milan match. Oh, great! And, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. San Siro, uh, right in the middle of the Divosi so uh, of the ultras of Inter. So that was an incredible experience. Yeah. Um, but also with the expertise that I have now, of course you also look at it from a different angle. You don't dive fully into the experience, but you also notice certain aspects during that experience that are either great or could be improved. Absolutely. um, Those things that I always try to put back into the industry uh, to learn from. Because I think that the fan engagement uh, fan engagement is a subcategory in the sports marketing field, and there's a lot of potential and there's a lot of growth that needs to be done. Uh, and in countries like the UK, um, which is not the country, but you get the point, yeah. uh, and Australia and America, it has evolved a lot already. But mainland Europe is still uh, still has a lot of potential in that. And yeah. with my blog posts and my content i try to help the industry develop with that as well and luckily it comes from all sides okay i mean yeah network
0: i mean very much let's focus there if i if i can because clearly a lot of the heart of today's conversation interview will be around this subject of fan engagement Mm -hmm. Uh, and perhaps before we move more fully on to that I picked up on something you said quite early on. And it, and it, it had, a, obviously, a personal resonance. It'd be a bit like me saying, I don't ever want to watch or support Liverpool Football Club ever again. Uh, and, you know, perhaps you saying the same about Ajax and about giving your season ticket up. But you also made a comment that you felt not let down, well maybe you said that but maybe the inference was that they weren't doing enough for you as a fan or for the general fan engagement or something a little bit more um, I suppose a little bit more damaging in some ways to the brand act. so tell us a little bit about your viewpoints on, on that particular question if you like and maybe broaden it out to some of the things that you would if you were now putting your business hat on rather than your fan hat Suggest maybe some well, of the things that they should do.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, we do need to see it in the perspective of time uh, back then. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what what I would now then do is to project all the tools that we have now and project them on an historical event, which of course is never uh, really a uh, a. Uh, Fair thing to do. For example, uh, we have great cars now, and if we say if we only had those great cars 20 years ago, we would have Absolutely, globalization yeah. would have been more rapid. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I do think that over the last 10 years, there has been a uh, substantial change in the, in the sports marketing perspective, and the realization has dropped in that. If fans are not being engaged enough, if the fan experience is not strong enough, people will stay home. And if people stay home, that means that media interest might decline. And, of course, media being a substantial part of the income of the business model of sports, there is a direct correlation between uh, the how many fans you have in the stadium and uh, the interest from media. Because if if you think about it, if, if fans, if nothing would happen and fans would go to the stadium less and less, then, of course, media interest would drop. And with media interest, also the commercial interest would drop. And that means that uh, that the business model of, of football organisations or sports organisations per se would also drop so there's it's vital to to increase the experience and it makes sense because uh, a lot of other entertainment industries have already picked up uh, yeah. uh, this trend on, on, on increasing the experience for their visitors so why would football not do it?
0: I mean how much badge do you think that Sport can learn from the entertainment industry because clearly you know the old adage that a football match was just ninety minutes long whilst it mm. was for the playing of the game, the match, etc, it is a lot lot more than that, and clearly even emanating out of ten years ago and where we 're at today and where we 're going in the future, the pick up right. from most businesses if you like and, 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 and considering here perhaps sports teams as a business and, and although there's a debate about you know whether they are that or a product and, and how that sits comfortably or not with fans is another debate but perhaps what do you think about the notion that we must have entertainment in sport and particularly maybe drawing from a lot of the lessons and what Americans tend to see sport as very much strongly uh, as a vehicle of entertainment, what do you think is the model for you Baz or what do you see from your experiences so far and maybe what do you see in Europe
1: well from one side we always tend to think that uh, America is America and their sports experience is way different and more inflated than the European one okay. and until up until some extent I can understand that but you also see that uh, sites uh, like like you see that the entertainment uh, relevance in sports is increasing. For example, uh, many, many years ago, uh, the PSV Stadium installed Wi-Fi, but also installed uh, the lighting system by Philips, right?
0: They okay, were the, yeah, yeah.
1: They were the fir- one of the first clubs that had this LED light system at the stadium. Yeah. And, quickly, the Amsterdam Marina got it as well. Now couple of weeks ago, they won a prize of having the best
2: lighting stadium uh, in Europe. Brilliant. And also last weekend, Ajax PSV has been played. And I, I sat down 15
1: minutes before the match uh, behind the TV yeah. uh, to watch, to see what what the. to, 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 to witness the entertainment aspect, right? And yeah. as soon as the players entered the pitch, the stadium, the 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 lights went off. The stadium went black. Fireworks uh, came up. Uh, fireworks from the Tifosi stand, but also orchestrated fireworks from the roof of the ceiling came down. Uh, there was a lot of entertainment, and you could see, you could tell that it really sparked the crowd, and they loved it. And the players, of course, they're only humans as well. Yeah. So if they see something like that, if they see that the club and the fans put so
2: much Emotion in it, and so much energy gets released Then of course it also stimulates the players uh, to, to, to To play harder to, to, to give it their best And I have won 3-0 I'm yeah. not saying that this is <laughs> rela- Yeah, I'm not saying that this
1: is related to fireworks yeah. that's of course uh, 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 That's too much But I Definitely you could tell that the energy Uh
0: being released from all those different entertainment aspects spark the crowd and therefore spark the players I mean I think Baz can I say here there's obviously clearly a correlation here uh, yeah. and, and I don't dispute it in fact I, I, I endorse exactly what you said, may I also ask on that basis, you said you sat down almost by definition and, and by decree almost 15 minutes before and obviously I could understand that both as a fan and obviously as a sports business uh, advocate if you like but what did uh, both of the clubs do in advance in terms of publicising this or promoting this or how much business do you think we've generated on the back of of or during or after such uh, a show if you like what are your views on that
1: well um, he- here in Holland Fox Sports and uh, the Eredivisie are very closely intertwined okay. so Fox Sports uh, who is the broadcaster of the of the, of the, the, the league but yeah. also a uh, shareholder uh, in fact they done a lot on uh, on promoting this match, yeah. and it's funny because the club that I work at uh, were second, Ajax is third, BC yeah. is first. So this weekend was very important weekend to play, and especially the ISBc match uh, for our Z fans, of course, was even more interesting because yeah, there was the one above <laughs> us and the one below us uh, yeah. competing. So uh, yeah, there was there was a lot of a lot of uh, promotion being done around this match. Um, as public opinion still sees those two clubs as uh, the one, uh, one of the, the, the champions of this season. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Fox has done a lot, and the clubs themselves, of course, as well. They really know how to, to expand on the story of this match. Last 10 years, say, uh, with the exclusion of last year, uh, it was always Ajax or PSV that became champion. Yeah. So the importance of this match is is massive, and, and yeah, I really like how they express it on socials and, and in other communication channels.
0: Okay. I mean, if I can hear you, you mention your current um, club and tell us a little bit about what you're involved in now in terms of your employment and your involvement with uh, a, a sports club. Yes.
1: Yeah. Of course. Um, So, I arrived at the club uh, 1st of November last year, and uh, the club, a bit of historical background of the club, Uh, it has suffered from a uh, um, a head sponsor that was also uh, very closely intertwined with the club, there was a bank, and the bank fell over, so it it dragged down the club a lot, Uh, we had, uh, we've been uh, the champion in 2008-2009. Uh, with uh, by the likes of Louis Verhaal, believe it or not. Yeah. Uh, and, um, yeah, so, but after that, the, the whole structure of, of uh, the sponsor and the club being so heavily uh, dependent on each other, of course, if one of them falls, the other one falls with it. Yeah. So over the last 10 years, the club has been uh, doing tremendous work on, uh, on uh, rebuilding the club, uh, and there's been a lot of, a lot of improvement. And, uh, but also because of that, the financial situation was bad. So the, the sense of innovation, uh, in those situations, research and development gets put down a couple of places on the corporate agenda, right? Okay, yeah. So, um, say two, three years ago, uh, R&D be- uh, became one of the head priorities again. Uh, because we do have a very great uh, statistical approach to sports yeah. Only that approach was not there yet for marketing Now one of our main components of my job is Was to install a CRM system Or to get a CRM uh, partner aboard That could help us with uh, maximizing the stadium revenue uh, So that's what I did Uh, That's one part of my job, and the other part is uh, fan engagement in the wider perspective, uh, which, in my interpretation, is to establish uh, and to to optimize the relationship with the fans. Uh, It was a damaged relationship, and we've set up a plan on how we can improve the relationship with the fans, and uh, now we're already... Picking the fruits of the new approach that we, uh, we took.
0: Okay. Give me a little bit of an insight then. Uh, is, is this a combination of a kind of marketing mix approach or different forms of, uh, of social media platforms or combinations of a variety of, uh, uh, of marketing and business tools that you're using Uh, in in this rebuild or this uh, reconnection with the fans or reconnecting through proper fan engagement tell us a little bit about how you've gone about it
1: well uh, there was a claim that the club always made its own decisions and that
0: uh, fans were not being involved in
1: decision making so as soon as we I've, I've completed the CRM project uh, where of course it's it, it doesn't make sense to involve the fans in that uh, for a variety of reasons but the project that came after which is uh, developing uh, uh, restructuring the digital uh, side of the club so uh, with the main component uh, installing a new website there of course it's very important to Consult the fans on how they use the website. What do they expect from us uh, on a digital platform? Uh, because you can find news everywhere. Do they still need news from us as much, or or do they want to uh, consume different content from us? Do they want to consume the scores as the main uh, main? source of, of information on, on the home page, or do they want to find different aspects of that? And mm. uh, there we took a, took a uh, approach on engaging the fans fully into that process. We've, we've put uh, news, uh, news articles on the website saying that we're organizing fan groups, uh, fan focus groups, and uh, we've consulted the fans on what they would like to see in the website. And that's now become one of the main components yeah. on uh, the briefing to all the partners. So, on the background, is okay, we want, as an organization, we want this and this and this. The fans want this and this and this and this. Now, uh, we're in the process of uh, talking to website suppliers. And if they cannot uh, deliver on the, fans, uh, on the fan desires of the website, then, uh, yeah, for us, that's the main... Uh, the
0: main component. I mean, it's very, very uh, important, and, uh, and I find it very, uh, not only fascinating, but I also find it very reassuring that here we can see uh, a club that perhaps, yes, it has tradition, heritage, and, and, and previous, but like everybody in business and everybody in sport, you know, the adage is you're only as good as your last game, kind of. Yeah. You need to move forward. And we're, f- we're forever changing, we're forever improving, we're forever... Uh, you know, looking to develop and looking to improve. So it, it, it's fantastic to hear you and everything that you've done so far and everything that clearly, Baz, you're going to be doing in the future. I'd like kind of now, if I can, not turn it all round, but maybe go back a little bit and, and maybe also try and put some uh, new, close, new closures or some summations on some or all of the things that we've discussed um, today, Baz. Global sport business education. You know, you started off uh, however many years ago as an undergraduate. Tell us exactly where you're at now and how far do you see your education uh, continuing or is it in a continuum? Or do you have any plans uh, for kind of future involvement in sport business education? Well, I think it's a
1: good question. I think it is, in fact, in a continuum. Uh, I think that education never stops, yeah. uh, especially in a dynamic industry as we are in now. Uh, uh, as I've discussed before, the paradigm uh, was different 10 years ago, yeah. completely different than it is now. So, in that sense, I think it's always in, uh, very much necessary to keep uh, educating, which is also why I've uh, after my bachelor's degree, I worked in Australia for a while. I had my no consultancy. Then I uh, went to do uh, to follow a master's degree. Uh, that I finished in 2006. Yeah. And then after uh, half a year being in NASN, uh, uh, I started a, a postgraduate degree in football business. Right. Just to keep uh, just to keep my knowledge up to date. Uh, it helps via reading a lot of uh, uh, industry, literature, uh, but also the academic side of, of, of sports I find fascinating. And in fact, I'm also still
0: scouting for options to see if I can ever do a sports MBA somewhere. Because okay.
1: for me, that would be the ulti- ultimate goal uh, in, in my uh, education process. And I'm pretty sure that if I ever finish that degree... There will be something
0: else that <laughs> comes on my path. Yeah. Well, Baz, yeah, I, I I really like I'm going to come in here that uh, I'm working with some colleagues at the moment in something that has maybe some echoes and resonance for you personally and uh, broadly speaking for the industry, both sport, business. Or the industry, sport, business, and education. So, watch this space for the new year announcements on this. I've successfully completed a lot of uh, sport business conferences and doing a lot of work globally with yeah. other universities. And uh, I believe that what you've just said, um, there is definitely a, a need and a market and a compelling um, argument to put something similar or put something along those lines into place because forever a student, you're always learning and equally, as you've rightly said, the dynamic is so dynamic, it's changing almost literally uh, as we have a conversation about what is important in the business and I think everybody has to adapt and everyone has to be alert and, what better way to be uh, adapting to it and alerted to it uh, than by uh, tuning in or locking into uh, programs of education in all its ways and guises and platforms? And, and I think, in terms of sport business, the, the, the key ingredient is, is actually the practicing aspect and the, and, and the knowledge transference aspect. So, everything that we've talked about today has some great touch points for us, Baz. Can I just now maybe just. Uh, go on a little bit and, and, and to talk more broadly do you see the roles of fans changing in relation to how they work alongside sports clubs sports brands because it's very noticeable that in your current role you talk about the importance of having fans opinions and fans input and, I mean, we talk a lot today about content creation and we talk, obviously, about brand, uh, uh, brand voice and perhaps the, uh, the football fan or the sports fan today has the possibility and potential and maybe the right of more uh, voice in this context. So what do you see developing here and what are your thoughts on uh, fans as, as content creators, if you like, Baz? Well...
1: There are, of course, there are some academic. Uh, there's some academic ground on this which I've, I've learned during my master's degree in communication science, which I could expand on now. But again, yeah, uh, I could fill a fill a three-hour podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but I do believe that as soon as you, uh, if you don't listen to the fans, they will express their opinion. Either way, they will uh, if they don't do it because you're not listening as a club. They will still express their opinion. Only the frame of the, 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 the message will change. It will not be the frame of, I want to be involved in the club and I want to help my club uh, uh, grow and, and exceed even my expectations. No, then the frame will be, hey, I have an opinion on how the club can improve this, but they're not listening. Yeah. And if that person has a big enough follow, uh, followers uh, base, then that could create a negative uh communication around the club. Yep. And that's something you always want to avoid, uh, for, for for all commercial reasons. Uh of course. But also I think it's your obligation as a club to respect uh the the opinion of your fans because in the end the club is not uh does not exist for the CEO. The club does not exist for the media, and the club definitely not exists for the sponsors. Sponsors come and go, uh, CEOs come and go, media platforms come and go, but the fans—they are the only consistent factor in this industry. The fans are, yeah, again, the crucial uh, uh, having the crucial role in this. So, in that sense, I think that they also are the best. Uh, uh,
0: yeah, how, do you, how can you call it the garters? Yeah, the, the, um, guardians, um, of the, the guardians of the brand. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and they are absolutely that, and, and they're a benchmark. They're you know the oxygen that you know fuels the existence uh, of exactly. sports clubs, and, and also the opportunity for those sports clubs to to develop and change and adapt and also move forward. There is a, there is a balance factor here, though, about surely, and, 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 and without wanting to debate it too much. You know, is there a, is there a stage, have we reached a stage that the, uh, the voice of fans can actually also impact in as you've touched upon maybe sometimes, uh, not necessarily in the most positive of ways. And the, the, the realisation maybe that I'm thinking of here is that maybe fans themselves feel that they should be managing the club. Maybe fans themselves feel that they're the only experts who really should be listened to. Maybe fans believe that you know uh, the way they have to make their voice heard it, 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 it is actually to do everything but listen and rather just tell and there is maybe a danger now with the 24-7 attentive economy, the, the social media microscope that everyone is scrutinised under these days and, and and I've made a couple of generic obviously comments there but I just wonder and maybe you are very close in your role there and, and obviously maybe looking at it from a, a, either a European or a global perspective, Do you see some negatives in things like the fans' involvement through social media channels as an example, maybe, Baz? Um,
1: well, yeah, I, do, I think that governance of a football club does not differ that much as governance of a country. Say, okay. uh, for example, I don't believe that the majority voice is always the right voice. Uh, we could see at elections in every uh, country happening now that uh, I disagree on, on who's being elected as president, uh, for example, on, on, on a couple of, uh, in a couple of uh, countries, and there are plenty of examples now. And that's, that's a perfect example on how the majority voice is not always the best, but I do believe more in a structure like Barcelona does, that they have a system where the socios they pick the expert that they think is best to uh, conduct the business, uh, okay. or to do business for the club. Yeah. Uh, they, they vote on who they th- who they trust as an expert making the right decisions, yeah. even if it's at some times uh, has a
2: negative inca- impact for the for the fans. But mm. uh, at least. They they've they've chosen their experts, and Seattle Sounders is a great
1: example for that as well. Yeah, uh, they have a fan board, and every four years their job is on the line. They yeah. they have to uh, explain to the fans what they have done, and the fans can decide: okay, we want to continue because we trust you, or we want to replace you because we don't think this is the right, this is the right way. And in that sense, you do give fans uh, a majority uh, a majority voice. But you also trust experts that have studied uh, these, uh, the, their uh, fields, that they can make well-thought-out decisions.
0: I mean, I think, Baz, you've made a very, very important point there. And in a world that we live in today where occasionally, perhaps, and maybe more than occasionally everyone perceives themselves as an expert without very little or no qualification to, to be considered as an expert. But maybe that's a personal perspective, but, uh, again, I think in a balanced conversation and debate, it always needs to be, needs to be put forward or considered in, in, in any discussion uh, on the merits or demerits of any particular issue. I think also what you've expressed is very important that, you know... People who say that experts um, are not needed um, are, are, are basically, are basically, in my uh, humble opinion, talking nonsense. Because we all thrive on expertise. We've all been, um, all of our views and all of our lives have been formed around experience and expertise from our from our educators from our peers from our mentors and long may that continue but i think the importance of some of the things that you've also said is we need people to articulate we need people to express we need people to put forward uh, what they believe in what they think is right what they think is wrong so that as a result and consequence of that, decisions can be made, and decisions can be made on informed, uh, on an informed basis, informed knowledge, informed opinion. Exactly, and um, that is,
1: uh, yeah, that's a, that's exactly the point where fans should uh, uh, elect an expert that they trust, who is an expert in his field uh, that takes the decisions for them, for the, for the for the better of the club, for the better of the relationship with the fans, and uh, that sort of elective uh, system. uh, Only a couple of clubs in sports have that, and I do believe that it's a a great system to install at more clubs. Uh, But, yeah, I don't think there are many clubs that would voluntarily give up their power uh, to the fans. So... If it's realistic, I don't know. But in Utopia, every club would uh, would follow the same structure.
0: I think, Baz, we've we've come almost nicely to a a natural stopping point. But just before we close off here, I'd like to put a few more final questions um, to you. It's been not only fascinating, but I believe very uh, significant to be able to talk to somebody uh, with your recent and your uh, particular um experiences and expertise in in, in the role of fan engagement or in, in the context of fan engagement If I was broadening that, how important do you think having a global perspective is? And clearly, given your short career to date, you've managed to uh, accommodate quite a bit of global perspectives on your travels and on your role. So tell us what you see as important and maybe the trends going forward, not just in fan engagement but in sports business generally in terms of a global outlook. Well, um... I think that the global perspective for clubs, there are only a few clubs that could
1: achieve that. Uh, for example, my club, at Otmar, simply too small uh, to, to have a global audience. Uh, so yeah, okay. for example, uh, Bayern Munich, okay, Chelsea, okay, but if, if we would go to China, we have nothing to do in China. As a club, okay. so uh, I think that only a few clubs uh, are able to or are scalable enough to reach a global audience. Uh, so yeah, in that sense, um, that's 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 my opinion on that. Okay, uh, and it makes sense because we're a local club and we have a lot of local. Uh, our fan base is very local and it's big enough for us. Yeah. So we don't have the need. Uh, now, on to your second part of, of your uh, question about future trends. Uh, as as I've, I've tapped into before a bit, uh, part of my role is, is uh, uh, the CRM side of club. Yeah. Uh, I believe that uh, we are now still in phase one of uh, the CRM uh, installation, where we're just... Uh, combining all the data sources and getting a complete overview of the fan to then personalize the communication to them. But I do believe that in the near future, uh, fans will uh, retake some of that communication yeah. initiative. Now, we email. email is one of the main sources of communication, right? But that is... Uh, fluid, it can change quickly and yeah. I do believe that we will go to a structure say within 5 years, 10 years where uh, we go to a uh, where, where the fans take r- take control back of the communication with the club and Seth Godin uh, has written us a really interesting piece about it already years ago where he calls it a customer managed uh, relationship Yeah. so the, the fans take back control on where do I want to communicate, uh, how, and if I want to go to a match, I take the initiative.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah.
1: And, of course, it follows the outlines of the GDPR rules that uh, will be uh, effective in, in May. Uh, it's That's one of the first steps in that process.
0: I mean, I'm really... Uh I'm I, I really encouraged. Uh, if that doesn't sound too patronising, it certainly wasn't meant to be to, to hear you quote uh, uh, Seth Godin uh, 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 as very much a, a kind of guru of many of the things that I preach and have been involved in over many many years and. The, uh, the essence of permission marketing and uh, the origins of viral and, and all the things that are good in, 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 in what I might term modern marketing or new media marketing, very, very much an essential part. Baz, it's been a great pleasure to talk and, and, and hear and delight, and as I think we've both already said on numerous occasions in a very short period of time that we could probably keep on talking and keep on talking, so there'll definitely be a Baz Snatter interview to uh, in 2018 and we'll be able to move forward on that before i finally let you go you've been obviously uh, a great advocate of all things sport business sport marketing fun engagement and and i would suggest like i do with all my colleagues students academics practitioners uh, colleagues alike always refer back in some ways to the people who've had a great influence on on us and everything that we do. In terms of course work, in terms of the education that you've had, what were the best parts of it? And and maybe what would you, if you were writing a new uh, curriculum almost for sport business education, What would be your uh, kind of choice points or touch points on 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 those considerations, Baz?
1: Wow, that's a very good question. Um, I think that I would split a curriculum in half, making a complete quantitative part and a qualitative part, where uh, research on fans, of course, because you, you. I believe you do need uh, uh, a statistical base on uh, on, on doing research, okay. uh, but it, numbers only tell the half of the story. I think that if I would be able to write a curriculum on fan engagement, I would say always start with uh, conducting statistical research, surveys, uh, etc., to at least get the rough outlines of the research uh, outcome uh, to, to at least get a bit of the the, the, the structure set yeah. then dive into it with interacting with fans so uh, research methodologies like uh, focus groups uh, observation is very
0: important uh, I think that is those are the main components of my curriculum brilliant I, I mean we could, as i 've already suggested, sadly, like all great interviews and conversations, uh, we have to draw a line we will park it for now Baz. can I just enormously uh, and uh, really appreciatively thank you for uh, for today 's interview uh, and uh, I, it wish, was great I wish you,
1: me, uh, I wish uh, you I wish it you, was great, great for me to uh, to uh, be able to, to have a conversation with you
0: like this. Baz, I really appreciate it. You take care. Good luck for the future and we'll speak again soon. Thank you, Baz.
1: Thanks for having me.